Hurricane Matthew has made a mess of the East Coast. From Florida up through Georgia and the Carolinas, they're facing all kinds of flooding. All sorts of people are without power. But Haiti suffered far worse. Hundreds of people dead in widespread destruction from flooding and mudslides. Now they're worried about a possible outbreak of cholera, uh, in addition to Zika and all the other mosquito-borne illnesses that they face there. We've even started seeing a few cases of Zika here in the United States, and people are worried about how far it will spread. We worry a lot about health care as a nation. In the past decade, we've seen sweeping changes in health care in our country. Did you know that in the United States, we spend twice as much per person on health care than most other developed nations in the world? Of course, we are the world's wealthiest nation, so we have more money to spend on health care. We have the best emergency care anywhere in the world. But that doesn't mean that we're the healthiest nation in the world. In fact, we actually have lower life expectancy than many other countries. As a nation, we have high rates of obesity and alcohol and tobacco use, which lead to more problems later on in life. We still have a lot of people who can't afford insurance and don't get the health care they need. Many people use emergency rooms as their primary source of health care. If they don't have insurance and can't pay, then the hospital ends up absorbing a lot of the cost and ends up passing it on to other patients and insurance companies. To make sure that they don't miss anything, our doctors order a lot more tests and procedures that don't necessarily always improve people's health. Our healthcare and insurance systems are set up to focus on treatments, medications, and procedures rather than the overall health of the patient. To kind of change the old saying, there is more profit in a pound of cure than in a pound of prevention. So our systems kind of focus more on curing disease than on fostering health. In recent years, our government made some significant changes to our health care with the Affordable Care Act. Uh, we're still figuring out how those changes are affecting us and our insurance and our checkbooks and our overall health. Some people want to tweak it. Others want to ditch it entirely. As we're asking those questions in this election year, we need to ask how those changes have affected those most at risk. People who didn't or still don't have health insurance and can't afford medical care. As a country, we continue to wrestle with lots of questions about how we care for ourselves and for others in need. Health care is a national issue, but also a deeply personal issue. We worry a lot about our health. You know, people say you don't have anything if you don't have your health. It's hard to think about anything else if you feel terrible all the time. Maintaining your health can be 
a struggle. If you've got heart disease or diabetes or a couple of different conditions at the same time, just keeping your medications balanced can seem like a high-wire act. We want everything fixed now so that we can feel better right away. So we pop a pill, pester our doc, have a procedure done. We tend to look more for quick fixes than long-term healthy habits. People often ignore their doctor's advice about diet and exercise and cutting tobacco and alcohol use because we'd rather live it up now and pay for it later. Like Naaman in the Old Testament story today, we want health care on our terms. We think that we deserve the best care that money can buy. Naaman was an important guy. He was the commander of the foreign army that was over Israel. And he brought a letter from his king and lots of money. He had a whole caravan full of gold and silver and jewelry and uh, clothing. He thought that he could buy his healing with silver and gold. In the same way, today we assume that if anyone can heal us, it's the professionally trained doctors, nurses, and psychologists. We assume that if we buy the right drugs and the right treatments, we can have our medical and psychological problems all solved. But the problem is, drugs and treatments don't always work. The Gospel of Luke tells us a story about a woman who suffered from hemorrhages for 12 years. She spent all her money on doctors and wasn't getting any better. Sound like anybody you know? The doctors could do nothing for her. But when she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' robe, suddenly she was healed instantly. She could feel it. She knew that something had changed. Sometimes people today experience healings that the doctors can't explain. Suddenly there's no trace of the cancer. The extremely premature baby inexplicably pulls through. The person in a coma for seven years wakes up and starts talking. Unexpected recoveries help remind us that all healing comes from God. Now, I'm not certainly not saying that we should reject medical treatments like the Christian scientists. They believe that sickness is merely an illusion, and you will always get better if your faith is strong enough. No, modern medicine is a wonderful gift, and we should give thanks to it, for it. But we need to give credit where credit is due. I knew a guy in Michigan who never wanted to go to, to the doctor. And one day his doc saw him in the grocery store and told him that he should come in. And my friend said, nah, God will take care of me. And his doctor replied, well, who do you think made me a doctor? All healing ultimately comes from God. The book of James tells us, Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. 
All too often, the church has ignored this calling. We've allowed healing ministry to be almost completely taken over by hospitals and clinics. We've nearly forgotten where healing ultimately comes from. A congregation that I was a part of in Minneapolis has regular deep healing prayer services. They come together to pray for physical, emotional, and spiritual healing for people. Sometimes they've had miraculous healings instantly or over time. But sometimes prayer doesn't bring the healing that we want. We wonder, why won't God heal me? Why won't God heal my friend, my relative? The Apostle Paul struggled with some ailment himself. He called it his thorn in the flesh. He asked God repeatedly to take it from him. But God responded this way. He said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul went on to say, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sometimes God's answer to our prayers for healing are, not now. I've got something else planned. Sometimes God's answer is yes. Jesus brought healing to people like the ten lepers in the gospel today. All ten were cured of their leprosy, but only one turned back to praise God and give thanks to Jesus. Jesus said, well, weren't there ten guys who were healed? Where are the other nine? But to the thankful one, he said, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, the word in Greek there can be translated, has made you well, has healed you, has saved you, or has made you whole. Ten lepers were cured of their disease, but only one was healed saved, made whole through faith. So, are we back to the idea that we'll be healed if our faith is strong enough? No. God doesn't wait for us to have enough faith. God acts first and calls us to respond in faith. Jesus healed all ten lepers before any of them showed faith. A faithful response means giving thanks for all God has done. God's grace is for everyone. Jesus Christ died for all people. But only some respond with praise and thanksgiving for what God has done through Jesus. The thankful leper teaches us that the place to praise God is at the feet of of Jesus. Jesus brings deeper healing than just a cure for disease. Maybe our deepest healthcare problem is that we focus more on healing than on the healer. Christ brings forgiveness, reconciliation, and new life. <laughs>
Michael Card has a song called The Gentle Healer that I want you to hear. The gentle healer came into our town today. He touched blind eyes and the darkness left to stay. But more than the blindness, he took their sins away. The gentle healer came into our town today. The gentle healer came into our town today. He spoke one word that was all he had to say. And the one who had died just rose up straight away. The gentle healer came into our town today. Oh, he seems like just an ordinary man with dirty feet and rough but gentle hands. But the words he says are hard to understand. And yet he seems like just an ordinary man. The gentle healer, he left our town today. I just looked around and found he'd gone away. Some folks from town have followed him, they say. That the gentle healer is the truth, the life, the way. Earlier in Luke, four guys brought their paralyzed friend on a mat to Jesus. There was a huge crowd surrounding Jesus in the house, spilling out into the street. There was no way that they could get to him. So they climbed up on the roof and tore apart the tiles and lowered their friend on ropes down in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw this guy coming down from the ceiling <laughs> through this hole. And he said to the, to the man on the mat, friend, brother, your sins are forgiven. There were some Pharisees there and they were all upset about this. They were thinking to themselves, why? You know, who, who is this Jesus you know, who is blaspheming God? I mean, who besides God can forgive sins? And Jesus knew what they were thinking. And so he said to them, what's easier? To say to this man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, stand up, take your mat, and walk? And so he did that. He turned to the man and said, Get up. Roll up your mat and walk. Go home. And the man did it. He got up. He rolled up his mat, slung it over his shoulder, and walked through the amazed crowd. Everywhere he went, he praised Jesus. He thanked God. Jesus healed the man's legs. 
But first, he tended to his greater need. His gr- the greater healing he, need, he needed. The need for forgiveness. Our health care will always be incomplete until our great physician makes our whole world well again. He's already getting started. Do you know someone who needs healing? Do you need forgiveness or a new start? Come to the one who has the deeper healing you need, the gentle healer, the truth, the life, the way. Amen.